With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, kid folks? Welcome to the number one ranked show sponsored by DirecTV Stream. I am your host, RJ Young. I am not on a step mill. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, or listening wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. Today, we have to talk about Oklahoma losing to Baylor, Alabama strength of schedule, and what did we just watch in Austin, Texas? Let's go. It's the number one ranked show. So, we got to start with not Oklahoma. No, because we all watched it. We saw it. Kansas beat Texas 57-56 to with a gutsy call in overtime. Going for two in Austin. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Yes, yes, I got, I, see, for, for all my, my white brothers and sisters, I got you. Like, we, we, we won. See, we, we have more in common than you think. I also need to go into this, dog. Like, I'm watching this game, and I got to say, because of stuff we're going to talk about a little bit later, I was feeling pretty good. I look up, going into halftime, Kansas up 35 to 14 on Texas in Austin. And I'm going, my goodness, yes, someone knew I needed this particular rebound relationship in my life right now. Then I look up, Kansas goes up 42 to 21, doubling up Texas, Kansas. It's one and eight, all right? But of course, we had to get some drama there at the end. Okay, so that 21 point lead goes to absolutely nothing zero, zilch, nada. Even when it felt like Kansas was going to escape with a 49-42 win as much as it is kind of stupid to say escape 49-42. That's what it was going to look like. And then Texas comes on strong, ties it up because nothing is more Texas than wanting to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. So they had to see this in overtime. So they get the ball and they go score and they go up 56-49. to all right, cool. Kansas says, it's fine. It's fine. We got Jalen Daniels, who we want to redshirt, but we're going to run him. And they go in there, and they get six. But my man, Lance Leipold, friend of the show, 
Last live poll said, ah, no, no, mm -mm, no, mm -mm, mm -mm, no. I ain't going out like that. I'm not doing it. What we're going to do is we're going to go for two. And they chunked up the deuce in Austin. Like, all right, number of things going on here, okay? Not the least of which is Kansas get a W over Texas. Cool. We know that, right? The other one is I don't know that Kansas is going to get another opportunity to beat Texas in Austin because you might have heard in Austin the SEC chant broke out. It's beautiful. It's glorious. You know what else is beautiful and glorious? Texas on a five-game losing streak. Hey, right, this gets better. This is Fox Facts Research. This is the first five-game losing streak Texas has suffered since 1956. My gosh! Do you know what has happened since 1956? Hmm? Hmm? I know what has happened since 1956, and I can go with the more, you know, acerbic ones, but I prefer to go with this one, okay? Prefer to go with this one. Texas has had, you know, a black letter winner. Texas had Heisman Trophy winner. It's also black. Texas also had another Heisman Trophy winner. It's also black. I, uh, uh, what else we have? We, we had we had a black president. Um, my goodness. We also had this. Since 2011. <laughs> Since 2011. We have four teams that have doubled up the state of Texas. Or I should say state of Texas. That have doubled up the Texas Longhorns. My bad, UTS fans. I know y'all here. We're going to talk about you in a bit. And those four teams, we give you. You might play this game at home. It's called one of these is not like the others. Southeast Missouri State. Okay, shout out S-E-M-O. A lot of my friends ended up going there to do one thing or another because they thought that they could play football. South Dakota. All right, cool, you know. Central Michigan. Chippewas, all right. 14? 14. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I give you a guess, but you don't need a guess because you know it's Texas. <laughs> there have only been four teams get doubled up by Kansas, and Texas is one of those four teams. This is year one for Steve Sarkeesian. It ain't going to go as planned. Year one's never go as planned. Everybody is very excited about what you're doing, and then you get there, and all of a sudden they're not excited about it anymore. But this, with Bijan Robinson in the backfield, going to need some answering, homie. It's just you, you just going to have to have some answering going on. Marks Washington played really great football for Texas. Really enjoyed that. I thought Casey Thompson was fine. But what a win for Lance Leipold in year one. They're now 2-8. and eight. They snapped what I think is an 18-game losing streak in the conference. Their first wins has beaten Iowa State way back. And my goodness, I, I was bullish on this hire when they made it, giving Travis Goff all credit in the world for going to get Lance Leipold from Buffalo. And already it feels like in a couple years the Big 12 might belong to Kansas with Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. All right. I had my fun. I got off my jokes. Now you get to get your pound of flesh. Number eight, Oklahoma, lost to number 13, Baylor, 27-14 to 14 in Waco. Okay, this loss was hardly unpredictable, but it was shocking. Baylor coach Dave Aranda wrote the book on defending Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley. Dave Aranda's Tiger defense obviously put the clamps on the Sooners three years ago en route to the college football playoff national title. That 2019 defense was good. His 2021 defense was better. Is better. They're still playing football. 
The Bears held OU to its lowest point total in seven years en route to its first win against OU in the same stretch of time. The Sooners, who had averaged nearly 500 yards offense a game through the first nine, was held to nearly half that at 260. With the win, Baylor dumped OU CFP chances in a trash can and set it on fire. Actual dumpster fire. The CFP committee already did not believe OU was good, as its record might have suggested, but in doing so, it was also betting against what had previously been a certainty, as, of course, Riley had been undefeated in the month of November. Championship November, as it was known in Norman. He was 14-0. Well, the Sooners can cancel championship November and perhaps use the rest of the month to try to buy themselves something nice for Christmas. Like yet another Big 12 title or New Year's Six Bowl berth. Either way, that lump of coal labeled with 21 tally marks without a national title will be there on Christmas morning yet again. Okay. Many of y'all will note I'm live on the tweets, right? I tweet in real time. And one of the things that I really enjoy about the Twitters is that people will 100% sift through my voluminous amount of tweets to find the one that is like showing I was wrong about something that I was tweeting about in real time. This is one of those things where I had said, yes, Oklahoma's 128-31 in the last set of straight. I don't rue it because it was true when I said it, right? Just wrong right now. It's Twitter. That's how it works. Some of y'all got some tweets out there you don't want people to know about neither, and they ain't nearly as innocuous as that one. Oklahoma's playoff chances, we get that. They're done, but it's, it's not just that they're done. It's that they could reel off, you know, the next three straight and might not make the top ten because CFP is just tired of Oklahoma stuff. Then we had a little kerfuffle after the game. Lincoln Riley said he was upset that Baylor wasn't assessed a 15-yard penalty for rushing the field, a little bit premature. He also said he understands why Dave Aranda kicked the field goal, but said he wouldn't have done it and that it goes against, quote, a code of sportsmanship. Look here, dog. Y'all know me. Y'all know who I am. Oklahoma fans know I'm going to give it to you straight. And I don't sugarcoat it for anybody. I'm not a fanatic about anything but my integrity. I like this team. It's my team. I watch it critically. But the last thing I'd be worried about after losing to Baylor is sportsmanship. We got a rule here in this house, in the number one ranked show house. It is, if you don't want to get styled on, don't lose the game and get styled on. You get toasted. You get roasted. Those the rules, all right? You know this about me. I care about winning. And to the winner goes the spoils. If Baylor wants to clap back at you, you got to take that. That's what it means to be a person of integrity. You take it with your chest, all right? That don't mean that people get to act all silly with you and be stupid, right? Because you are not. That's not what I'm talking about. If David Randall wanted to go get the extra three points with a field goal, that is his right. It's Football. That's what you do. Okay. Now, speaking of clapbacks, in a very special edition of We Out Here, number one ranked show fan, clapbacks are here for you. All right. I had put this out on Twitter. I had said, look, if you got a good clapback, I'll read it on the number one ranked show because that's 
how I am. I looked up in like 15 minutes. We had like 150 replies to that tweet. Y'all have things to say. So producer Cat did us all a solid and got out the best of those. The first one is from Woo Damn Pig. Love that. I'm just glad I don't have to wake up to a tweet asking if our team is undefeated. I mean, that's not necessarily true. Y'all been on the brink of losing all season. Glad that's over amid, uh, or, or what is it? And we don't have to waste the playoff spot. Waste the playoff spot. I, I mean, cool. I'm glad you got that off your chest. I'm looking for jokes. I thought y'all was going to be funny. That's not funny. That's, that's a little too, like, on the nose, as a matter of fact. You know, just take this opportunity to be creative. Give us all some comedy. Maybe. All right. Maybe this second one holds up. Second one is from Kevin. I guess strength of schedule really does matter. <laughs> OU undefeated until they played their first actually good opponent of the season. But hey, at least Texas was ranked when OU beat them. This is true because this is also a person that is paying attention to how I tend to rank the teams. Not tend to, how I do rank the teams. And I rank the teams going to who did you play? at the time that they play them, according to the Associated Press, because the Associated Press doesn't take the first 10 weeks of college football off like the College Football Playoff Selection Committee does when they're ranking teams. And I think that ought to matter. All right. Last one is from the real dill. You know, like dill pickle. You know, it's punny. It says, RJ, Oklahoma deserves to be in the top four. Oklahoma. Nah, bruh, we don't have no part in getting dominated by an SEC team in the first round. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of comedy I'm looking for because there is so much truth layered in the laughs there because you'll know that outside of Clemson, it's been LSU that has beaten the brakes off of Oklahoma along with Alabama who has beaten the brakes off of Oklahoma in the college football playoff semifinals. And again, I feel like the college football playoff selection committee has a long memory in a sport that's not supposed to have a memory every year. Matter of fact, we tell the kids all the time, hey, you can't have no memory of your bad play the last play before. But the committee's like, nah, I remember putting Oklahoma in, in this college football playoff semifinal, and they don't ever show up, and they make us look bad. So we're not going to let them into our playoff this year. Who they might actually let into their playoff this year is number four, Ohio State who stopped out Purdue, stopped the train in his tracks, 59-31. And it's a really good win because College Football Playoff Selection Committee not only ranked them at number 19, but Purdue had proven they're giant killers, all right? And I thought going into this, perhaps if nothing else, Aiden O'Connell and David Bell would show you what's really good in the passing game. But it's not just that Ohio State is good at moving the football. It's that they could take the ball and score on every possession, score quickly. Gary Wilson had himself a day. C.J. Stroud had himself a day. You got to see Travion Henderson's outstanding speed and why your boy has been yelling loudly about him for the last two years. Offensive line still very good. Those three wide receivers that they have, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, it's the best trio in the country. And then you can get Julian Fleming, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Egbuka all off the bench without breaking a sweat. Matter of fact, the way I always put this is, the fourth best wide receiver at Ohio State in 2020 was Jamison Williams. He is the number one wide receiver at Alabama, who the committee ranks at number two. Okay, Ohio State has played 10 games and scored at least 50 in half of them. To date, that offense is the nation's best chance 
to threaten the Georgia defense. And I mean that. And I've been actually yelling about that for some time while Ohio State fans going, can you please shut up about Oregon? I'm like, nah, I'm not because you lost. But offense has always been pretty good. And I was caping for C.J. Stroud when y'all weren't caping for C.J. Stroud. And I'm not going to let you forget it. Just like you don't want to let me forget about Oklahoma and whatnot. Yeah, this is how this works. We remind each other of our faults instead of reminding each other what's really cool about each other because that's what the sport has become. Also, we need to add big-time commitment for Ohio State today when, uh, yes, five-star Sonny Styles commits to Ohio State 2023 type, the fifth-highest-rated recruit out of the state of Ohio that o- Ohio State has landed since the rankings have you know occurred. Sonny Styles is an Isaiah Simmons type of player. I think that he's one of the three best 2023 players in the country for me, right? Arch Manning being one, Malachi Nelson being another, and then, of course, we're talking about Sonny Styles. His brother, Lorenzo Styles, plays wide receiver at Notre Dame, actually had a big game tonight. They were thought to be the leader, and then today he dropped the bomb that he's going to, we think, end up playing at Ohio State. That means you're going to end up with him, C.J. Hicks. I mean, he's... You can do anything you want with Sonny Styles. You can do almost anything you want with C.J. Hicks. And it's a huge defensive commitment for an Ohio State team that is really still building toward a, a dominant defense in the way that it has a dominant offense. Not a small thing. All right. Number six, Michigan, who I still think is overranked, defeated Penn State 21-17. to They improved to 9-1. Michigan's win against Penn State means the Wolverines can play for more than their pride in the game this year if they get past Maryland, and they should next week. The game would likely decide who the Big Ten East champ is, and if the B1G winner wins the conference title coming out of the East, it's got a shot to make the playoff, right? That's what this is about. Michigan still has not beaten a team that I think of as being good. Penn State... Take them or leave them if you want to. I choose to leave them. I thought that they had an opportunity to show us what's really good against Michigan State, and they gave up a 30-14 to 14 lead and lost 37-33, right, to a Michigan State team that got beat by an actual train, got run over by an actual train, that got run over by an actual tree called the Buckeyes. I don't buy into Michigan. I haven't bought into Michigan. That's not new, but... They're giving themselves a chance, and that's all you can ask in college football because I'm the dude saying anything can happen on a Saturday, and I'm not the guy looking at people's recruiting rankings going, that team ought to beat that other team, or I should say that team could beat that other team rather than did that team beat that other team. So we'll watch and wait and see. Michigan, low-key, because of the way the CFP committee's doing these rankings, still has a chance to win a national championship, and I don't think that's being like yelled about outside of Ann Arbor. Number 18, Wisconsin shellacked Northwestern. My goodness. 35-7. Braylon Allen, absolutely outstanding. Looked great with Ches Malusi being out for the season. Of course, Minnesota was at Iowa. Iowa manages to get a win, so we got a little moving and shaking in the Big Ten West. Wisconsin still very much in charge, and it feels like right now it's theirs to lose, okay? What would need to happen is Wisconsin would need to lose to Nebraska and then lose to the Minnesota team that just lost to Iowa for Iowa to get into the Big Ten championship game because Wisconsin has already beaten Iowa. See, I did all that work for you just to say if Wisconsin wins out, they're going to play probably Ohio State or Michigan in the Big Ten championship, and that feels like chalk all the way through it. All right. 
quickly, number one, Georgia moves to 10-0 and with a win against Tennessee. UGA walked in, allowing just 59 points total. That is the fewest since 93 Florida State allowed 58 in the same amount of games. Somehow, Tennessee was able to get into double digits and score the most points of any team that has played Georgia this year. Now, score is 41-17. But I do want to harp on the 17 for just a second because I didn't think Georgia would be able to respond to an outstanding offense that could play with them. Now, the defense just might be so good and so juggernaut-ish that it might not matter because I thought the Tennessee perhaps is the best offense that they're going to face outside of perhaps Alabama in the SEC championship game. And then that's why I've said Ohio State is the nation's best chance to challenge Georgia's defense because that's what it's going to take. You're going to have to put up 35 on them to beat them because I don't think that that offense is capable of putting up 35 by themselves for reasons. And not the least of which is the reasons is Stetson Bennett. I just don't buy that he is that dynamic quarterback. But then again, outside of C.J. Stroud, I'm not sure who I would expect to go down there and get me a bucket in college football this year. And that's saying something. Okay. Who has the best chance to beat Georgia? Yes, it's Ohio State's offense. But outside of that, like on both sides of the ball, it's getting difficult, right? And I thought we would learn something again about Alabama. But not this week. Number two, Alabama destroyed New Mexico State in a game that should have never been on their friggin' schedule. Is this what y'all want? Is this what you mean when you're out here telling me that every game counts, that college football has the most important regular season of any sport, which is a bold-faced lie because I am a cultured and well-rounded individual and I know that every one of the 38 Premier League games played absolutely matters more than the 10-plus and two high school teams that Alabama plays every friggin' year when we have this conversation. I'm looking at you too, Georgia. You got Charleston Southern on your schedule. Get them off of there. This is why I want a 16-team playoff. It's not just because I think it's more fair. It's because I don't have to yell about New Mexico State being on your friggin' schedule if you're playing in a 16-team playoff because everybody will get in that should get in. Ten conferences, ten conference champions, six at-large berths. You see what I'm saying here? This way, Notre Dame can get in. I bring that up because Notre Dame is now 9-1 after destroying Virginia 28-3. I say destroying. There's no Brennan Armstrong in that game. I think it's a different game if he's playing because he's that dynamic of a player. As a matter of fact, maybe he can go get you a bucket. But it's also wild interesting to me because Notre Dame continues to be misindependent. You know, what we who have pledged fraternities, shout out throwing up the hooks, uh, call a GDI, okay? What I'm saying is a data point, part of the college football playoff criteria, its protocol includes conference championships. Did you win one? Well, Notre Dame, who is in an entanglement, an open marriage with the ACC, does not play for conference championships. Does that preclude them being in the top four, getting in the playoff? No, it hasn't in the past. Last year, though, we got to say they beat the eventual conference champion in the ACC in Clemson. That ain't going to be the case this year, okay? Because we're really talking about Pitt and Wake Forest. All right, so number 12, Wake Forest gets an outstanding win against number 16, NC State, 
45-42. Sam Hartman continues to throw out there and just sling it, right? I thought that perhaps if NC State was going to be about something other than beating a Clemson team that we all figured out is bad now, it was going to be in this game, and it was close, right? It's the kind of game that you really want to see Wake Forest bounce back from after losing 58-55 North Carolina last week. Still means that the ACC champion is probably going to be left out of the college football playoff, and that is going to be interesting because we could be looking at a Wake Forest playing against, I don't know, a Cincinnati because the college football playoff selection committee still hasn't put a group of five team in its top four because they hold a grudge for whatever reason. But to Clemson and uh, the most likely piece of this being Pitt, right, because it's not just that Pitt looks good. It's that Pitt is playing like it wants us to forget that it put money in the bag against West Virginia, uh, Western Magi- uh, against Western Michigan. I'm going to say West Virginia. That's my bad, y'all. Against Western Michigan. And I think that's fantastic. I kind of think that that's cool. I'm also wild interested to see how the rest of this Big 12 season plays out. Oklahoma State beat the brakes off of Texas Christian tonight. Bedlam ought to be good. Baylor, I wish that they were better because I think that that's a really good defense. They changed up. We'll see how everything shakes out. I'm excited, especially as we're just a couple weeks out from Thanksgiving, and we're going to get to see some real moving and shaking ahead of FCS Cupcake Week in the SEC. That's our show for today. The number one ranked show is hosted by me, RJ Young. Thank you for to our sponsor, DirecTV Stream. Our producer is Catherine Donnelly. Our director is John Marcus. Rachel Cohn is our lead of screening. Our social media manager is Javion Duncan. Niles Owen is on the live stream switches. And our executive producer is Kristen Hurley. That is it for me. Doses. <laughs>